on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, August 14th. LA Galaxy getting ready to finally return back to league play coming up on Sunday where they'll host Real Salt Lake that game 7.30 p.m. Going to get you through basically any updates that have happened since our show on Thursday. Not a lot, but some breaking news that we have and can share with you. Uh, so we're going to talk about that and uh, get reacquainted with one of our favorite uh, co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Baxter. So let's get on with the show. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Hey, this is a late start. Start the, We're going to have a lot of stoppage time at the end of this one. Yeah, I, I basically this is this is the deal is that if you're on our live stream, it seems that for whatever reason, the Internet doesn't want to doesn't want to cooperate with us. Uh, and if that's the case, then we are just going to go ahead and just do a, a show. We'll record it and that way we'll make sure that we put out a podcast. And if it somehow comes across on uh, on our live stream, then that's great. And if not, then we will have a podcast that comes out on, uh, on Monday but, evening. And- it's it's unfortunate because the people that usually view us would have been able to perhaps see you die lie on live on the air tonight. I mean the the one would have been the one good thing about the the whole delay is that it gave a chance for my cough to like calm down again. So yes yes we have we yeah, it'll, we dodged it'll a bullet. Yeah we dodged a bullet. I, I think we're okay. It, but I'm sure people are already back. complaining that uh, that it's not uh, not working and you know all that stuff. So uh, we'll do our best to it, sort of get through it. I, I, did you have better luck we in New late, Zealand? We, Oh, oh, New Zealand was amazing. Um, you remember, if, I think we talked about this before. I was bagging on Sacramento before I left, but New Zealand is the one place. I think I've been to 36 countries now um, for reporting stuff, which, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. But of those 36 countries, the one that I would move to in a heartbeat, I would move to Auckland tomorrow if I had the opportunity. It was amazing. The people were so friendly. One of the things that happened is, is if you followed the Women's World Cup, you know that there were a lot – a lot of upsets in the U.S., for example, was supposed – they had their their uh, their uh, schedule pretty much picked out. Everyone thought they'd win the group. They'd go play their first round of 16 game in Wellington, and then they'd wind up in Sydney eventually. Um, with so, so many upsets, all that changed, and, and every, you know, people were flying – fans were flying to different cities. Air New Zealand immediately at the end of the round uh, – at the end of the group stage waived all change fees. You could call up and say, I was supposed to go to Melbourne. Now I need to go to Sydney or whatever. And they would just change this. Here's your new ticket. It was, it was amazing. One of the things on the way back that was really interesting is uh, a couple of kids were sitting next to me, and their parents were on another part of the plane, um, and they were obviously coming back from the World Cup. And the girl sitting next to me on the, um, you know, the video thing that that you can you know watch movies and TV on on the plane, she started watching the HBO documentary series on Angel City, uh-huh. 
which I am a, a featured part of. And at one point, she was I was watching her watch me, and I was right here in the corner of the galaxy's uh, Valencia uh, home office, right where I recorded that interview. And she's watching me, and I'm sitting right next to her, and she has no idea that that you know. I mean, she should have thought that, man, that guy next to me, that handsome guy next to me, yeah, that was... sure looks like this handsome erudite guy on TV. But she never made the connection. It was just really funny watching my watching somebody watch me. That is that is funny. That's always one of those surreal moments. It's like, oh, I'm going to be on the TV here in a second. That's fun. Well, very good. Well, we're glad to have you back. The LA Galaxy have been taking a break basically since you left. Uh, you know, lost two League Cup games. We talked about that a little bit uh, last uh, last week. Um, let's see. Did we do? Did we do a show last week? When was the last time I talked to you? I think we no, missed last did Monday. Not. Yeah, two, two two weeks ago. And I need to update something I said, which was I still stand by it that the the break did not do the Galaxy any good. I don't think the long. Leagues Cup break about three weeks. I don't think that did the Galaxy any good. However, it may have done them some good in this sense, in that they added a lot of players during that break, which they would have added anyways if they had been playing. Right. But that three weeks gave those guys a chance to get a little bit acclimated. Not game action. They didn't play any game, but they got to be acclimated a little bit. They got to learn their teammates. Not in a pressure situation. They got to learn uh, learn a little bit about you know Greg Vanny's philosophy and style of play. So. Given that, I think that was a good thing, that that three-week break gave those guys a chance to get to know their teammates. Again, it's not game action, and we'll see how that works against Real Salt Lake. But if there was a silver lining to that three-week break, I think that probably was it. It gave those guys a chance to get in, get acclimated, and not have to do it in a pressure situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's I, I kind of go back and forth with that, and I said it on Thursday. I go, that's great that you got these new guys, and yes, they're coming in, the whole deal, but you, you hit the nail on the head is that that wasn't game action. So what? It, yeah, that's great. It would have been better had the LA Galaxy been playing in Leagues Cup, and those guys could have been fitting in while playing in games in League's Cup, that would have been real game time stuff. Just everything is different in games. We've talked about it many times before. Um, you talk to players about it and they know it too. It's you play a certain level in training and yes, it's very high. And, you know, people want to say, oh, well, they're professionals. They better not go easy and train. Listen, there's a difference between training and a great game. There always is going to be. It's the difference between taking batting practice and facing a real pitcher, right? There's always going to be these differences of of, of intensities and just in terms of the, the competitiveness that sort of goes back and forth, there's difference in a game. So uh, I'm not super I'm not super high on the break. I don't think it did them any good. You can spin it however you want and that they're getting these guys that are coming in and getting some time. But for me, that's really stretching it on this. You you wanted the team that was on had some momentum building, that had some things going to sort of hit this last twelve games, um, and without that right now, I think that's a that's a serious problem. I think the Galaxy are in trouble these last twelve games, even with the new additions. Well, d- d- doesn't it feel a little bit like last year though, in that the, they virtually remade the team in August with some of the additions? They've kind of done that this year. I don't know if the additions have been quite as dramatic. Maybe the new guy that, that you're going to talk about a little bit, maybe that changes things a little bit. But it, you remember they were they were kind of felt dead in the water, and then they added Ricky Pooj and Brugman, who's now out for the season. Right. Uh, they got Caceres also out for the season mm-hmm. now. But they got those guys, added them to win on that, that streak at the end where they what, lost one of their last 10 games, made the playoffs. They need a similar streak this time, and I, I don't know if, they're set, if, they, if they set themselves up for that, but they certainly gave themselves a much better shot at it than they were, say, before they made these additions. I, I think on Thursday I talked with Sophie about it. It feels like they created depth. 
right? And even by creating depth, by getting some guys like Diego Fagundes as a starter, right? And so that means it's going to knock somebody else down, whether that's Tyler Boyd or in this particular case, whether it's moving Douglas Costa into the center and having Boyd and Fagundes on the outside wings, right? That created depth more than anything else. I think Vagundes could be a really impactful player for the LA Galaxy, um, but they created depth by adding him, right? You look at the other ones like Maya Yoshida. It really, yes, he's probably going to be a starter at center back, but it also created depth because you're able to move Tony Alfaro back. You're able to, you know, slot in Jalen Neal where you want to. So it created depth. And again, we're looking at at deals that are not just about this last 12 games. You know, we're going to talk about a deal that is absolutely about the last 12 games. These are not those deals, right? Um, Tony Alfaro very well could be the last sort of 12 games. I think he's a free agent whenever the season comes up, right? Tyler Boyd has his contract expiring. So that's something to watch in there as well. Um, so you have these little things, but for the most part, it looks like they've set themselves up, not just for these 12, 12 games, but for what's going on uh, next, you know, next and coming up next. I just... To me, there's not a huge, at least it doesn't seem like there's a huge bunch of game changers. There's guys who are going to grow into it, like Edwin Cerillo. Um, I think he's going to grow into it. I think Michael Barrios is, which is interesting. You sort of get a winger slash guy who's speedy and more direct. Um, and then we should talk about the rumor that's out there. And in fact, we can confirm that it's not just a rumor. The LA Galaxy are signing uh, Billy Sharp uh, to the uh, team. This is a 37-year-old striker. Yes, I said 37. Everybody clutch your clutch your pearls and hold, hold your purses right now. Uh, 37-year-old striker, formerly of Sheffield United in the championship. Um, the he's he's a quote-unquote proven goal scorer and just the fact that he knows how to score goals at 37 he's a veteran presence uh this is a a a, a low risk you know sort of high reward type thing which is you're you're signing him and from all indications and people i've talked to uh this is a one plus one deal so he's basically signed for the rest of the season plus a club option for the next year right so one plus one so basically you're renting them for 12 games and then you get to decide what you want to do with them um and it's this is a no lose situation we I, I think i was pretty clear whenever i talked about how they sort of set things up kevin to really sort of highlight Dayon Jovalich as the guy who needs to lead them down these last 12 straps uh, 12 games at striker we know he's been struggling i think i even called that that's risky to sort of put all your eggs into the Dayon Jovalich basket because he hasn't produced this year um, so what you do is you go out and you get a guy who can absolutely be his backup at 37 years old, 37 years young, uh, still younger than you and me by a considerable amount, Kevin. So I don't know why everybody would call him old. I'm not calling him old. Hey, what do you think with Yoshida and, and the fact that the midfield now they have, as you said, depth, but they got like Tyler Boyd and, and, and Costa might have to, someone might have to play out of position. They have a couple of, uh, outside backs that might actually play better as wingers. What do you think of the possibility they might go with a three-five-two or even a a three-five-one-one? Yeah, I, I I absolutely think that there are options, and that's what Greg Vandy's going to tell you, right? That there are options there. Um, I don't know that that's going to be their preferred lineup. Uh, you look at somebody like Billy Sharp, who is probably comfortable playing in a two-man um, two-man striker formation, right? So you can pair him up with Dayon Jovalich. Um, you know, so there's options. That's what I, again, I, I can tell you what Greg Vandy's going to tell. That just gives us another option. Um, it was fairly clear that they think even if Billy Sharp isn't on the field, that they like him at 37 with the veteran sort of uh, pedigree that he has. The 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 experience that he has in the championship and the, in, in the Premier League and all those other things, because um, we can actually pull up some of the stats. I mean, the guy has played almost 400 games in the championship, uh, 172 games in League One, 43 Premier League games, uh, some FA Cup and some other things in there. But, you know, 691 fairly high level games. 
uh, in football. So he has that experience. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, whether or not the LA Galaxy can really use him and whether or not he can be. I mean, so there's 12 games, Kevin. If he comes in and scores three or four goals, you, you did you, you got what you kind of needed out of him, didn't you? Well, the bigger thing is, is what I'm hearing is they like him in the dressing room as well. Whether he plays a lot or not, whether he makes an impact on the field or not, I don't know if he if he's going to rise to Sasha Kleshin's status. I mean, Sasha was really – I don't think we really understand the full depth of how impactful he was in the dressing room in that leadership role. And they really don't have anybody like that right now, especially with Chitorito and Brugman both being hurt. And so they need someone who's going to play. I mean, those guys are probably, I would guess they're still around the team, but when you're not playing it, 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 your impact lessens a little bit. You're not one of the guys in the trenches. And so if this guy can come in and provide that leadership, whether he makes an impact on the field or not, he could still be, uh, still be a contributor down the stretch. You know, the galaxy, as you mentioned, have 12 games left. They're still 13th in a 14 team conference. They have to make up, I think it's seven points, right, to get mm -hmm. back in there. But they have a game in hand against a, a game or two. I think uh, with Kansas City, they might even have three games in hand uh, in the standings. Um, so, it, you know, the, the the route is open. The possibility is open. Um, if they can catch a little fire, there's a lot of teams that they have to pass. Um, and it, but, it, you know, if Sharp can, 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 can make those contributions, if they can find a winning uh, um, um, formation, you know, something that that clicks for them as they did the, this time last year. I, I I think things are looking a lot better than they maybe were before the League's Cup. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, again, I, I, <coughs> excuse me, with Sharp coming in. Uh, see, it's back. I told you. With Sharp coming in, um, you know, this is this is a, a team. It's and I know there's lots of people. I think you were even asking, well, is Sharp going to be a designated player? He could be. I, I don't know that it matters. Um, I don't think anybody should be worried about what designation Billy Sharp has for the last 12 games of the season because this is a rental. Um, the move that the LA Galaxy made before um, before Sharp, and this is sort of a, a telling sort of position where the LA Galaxy are, having acquired so many people from inside the league, the LA Galaxy were able to sell off an international slot for $125,000. By the way, that's a 12-game rental for, for Inter-Miami, right? So that's that's sort of telling where the Galaxy are. They've made their interleague moves. They have an excess of international slots because you have Chicharito out, you have Caceres out, you have Brugman out, right? Mayo Yoshida used one of those, right? So those guys, basically, you're like, I have an empty... I have an empty slot here. It's not doing me any good. How about I sell it? And they sold it to Miami for $125,000, right? So, Well, now, does Miami need that? I mean, I, I'm curious now because Miami made a lot of moves, and, and I don't know if they're they're still contemplating others, but were they able to play in League's Cup with an overage of, of international players? I don't think you know, so. Were the roster rules different? Okay. And, and also, you, you mentioned, does it really matter if Billy Sharp's a designated player? And, and, and you know, just remind people that – there is an open DP spot because of Chicharito. Right. Um, you, the Galaxy bought out. But I think it does matter going into next season. If you're actually going to try to make some moves this season, yes, you're going to get Costa's DP spot back. But if you had two DP spots, you know, if you had the Chicharito well, and the Costa spot. Uh, again, again, why would they not have the, those two spots open? Because if you sign, if Billy Sharp is a DP now, he's going to be a DP next season. I mean, but he does, he has an option for next season. It's up to you about what you want to do with it. That's a club okay. option, right? So the Galaxy get to decide what they want to do with that. If they wanted to make him a DP, which I doubt they would, right? But everybody, I think everybody's very clear in the in the window right now is that everybody's saying this is a rental, right? This is hey, we need tw we have twelve games left. We might need 
we we definitely need the help. I mean, I was trying to explain this to people. They're like, I don't understand signing a 37 year old striker. And I'm like, what what don't you understand about it is that the Galaxy have had almost no production from their number nine spot. Billy Sharp is a number nine guy. He's a proven goal scorer from that pedigree. And listen, I don't think it's a home run. I don't think Billy Sharp's going to come in and score 14 goals. I do like the fact they're adding somebody who is going to be clearly motivated to try and score a whole bunch of goals in a very short amount of time. Right. But this gives them an option to have Billy Sharp up there playing with Dayan Jovalich. However, you sort of look at that. This is a this is a win win. It doesn't there is no downside to making this move because of the short term of the contract. We talked about before the window what the L.A. Galaxy might try to do, Kevin, which is either you're signing guys who are going to have effects for this year, and next year. Or you're going to sign super short-term guys that are just going to affect you this year, but still have you available in that, you know, that designated player roles in January. So you have everything still open and available. Well, one thing too, is he's coming in. He just came out of preseason camp. You know, it's, it's the, the off season just ended in England. So he hasn't played a game in a couple of months. He's going to be fresh. He's not got any injuries to, to deal with, presumably, but at the same token, in addition to getting to know his new teammates and style of play here, he's going to have to sort of get into game fitness as well. And that's going to take a little while. So, yeah, you're talking about a rental, like after 12 games. Realistically, they're probably considering that he could play seven or eight. Yeah. Um, you know, by the time he gets game fit. Well, game fit. And then, you know, uh, we saw visa processes and all that sort of fun stuff, too. So um, there's a lot of things that sort of depend on that. So, I mean, that's where you sit. But you look at sort of where the LA Galaxy are. Again, Kevin, you know, I, I think that they made some good moves, but I think they're foundational moves more than anything else, right? These are, we have set the table for what is going to be a very busy offseason for us, right? And I still think that this team can can very clearly make a run, and we've seen them sort of make runs with, with the last, you know, 12 games anyway. I think that they can absolutely be there, but I am very concerned that the LA Galaxy... Um, with the long break going against a very hot team like Real Salt Lake uh, on Sunday is is going to struggle. A Real Salt Lake team that played deep into the end of the League's Cup as well, so they haven't had nearly the long. They've had enough of a break to get fresh. I think they'll probably have ten days right before they play that game. Ten days off, maybe two weeks. The Galaxy have been off for a month. Um, you know, another thing about all these moves. Remember, the Galaxy had the. Um, they were the inability to 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 get anyone that needed an international transfer certificate. They had to uh, get most of their guys in the league, and and uh, as you mentioned, they made a couple of good moves. They got got a, got a couple of international free agents. I was not in the room for all these discussions, obviously, but you know it's pretty clear Will Kuntz's fingerprints are all over these. Now, whether these were all Greg Vanny ideas and 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 Greg Vanny was the driver behind everything, Will Kuntz made them happen, or perhaps Will Kuntz was the guy that went out and said, "Have we considered this? Have we thought about this move?" However, went down. I think it's a remarkable job the Galaxy were able to add this many players under this kind of a deadline strain with the sanctions and everything else they were under, and and get it done. And they, I think they filled a lot of needs. Yes, it's not they didn't they didn't get Messi and Jordi Alba um, like Inter Miami, but they did fill the needs that they had. And under the pressure and the circumstances that they were under, I think Will Kuntz already has proven that he was probably the best signing they made this year. Yeah, um, it, it's it's very I think that they did an, an outstanding job with what they were were sort of limited with. Um, now we just sort of see how those foundational pieces play out, though. I'm I'm interested. I did run some comparisons on Sharp and like, you know, they I would say usually on uh, on FBref.com, they'll say, well, it's like he he's comparable to these 10 players. And one of them was Teal Bunbury. 
right? Who's now playing for Nashville, right? And so you sort of look at the stats in there and that type of thing. If you know uh, Bunbury's uh, stats and his impact with Nashville and sort of what he does, I think you're looking for something similar with, with Billy Sharp in that. Um, you know, a guy who knows how to play the number nine position, certainly in, in Sharp and uh, can play in that second forward. I think that's important too. When you talk about somebody who's comfortable in a two forward set is having a different style. And I think Greg Vanny has done this both with Barrios and with uh, with Sharp is having a different set of skills to be able to pair with Dayon Jovalich, right? And so if you can get Sharp and Jovalich on there together, if you can get Barrios and and Sharp or Barrios and, and Jovalich together, they bring a different skill set. They bring a different thing. And listen, uh, Barrios is very much a winger, forward striker, that type of player, right? So more out wide and working their way in. Uh, that's fine, and and that's that's different, and that's good to have that different thing. But he can also sort of masquerade as as a second forward in there as well. So, as much as you and I have talked to Greg Vanny over the uh, the years he's been with the club, he always talks about flexibility and what they're trying to do. All of these moves scream flexibility. You asked about a three man back line. Could they put three center backs? Absolutely, they have the ability to put three center backs in there. You know, you have Tony Alfaro, you have Jalen Neal, you have uh, Maya Yoshida, right? So you have these guys who are in there. You have the ability for Raheem Edwards to play as a wing back. You have the ability for uh, Caligari to play as a wing back. Those guys can play sitting, sitting back in terms of a back four, or they can play out on the wings and run forward. So there's so many different options that Greg Vanny has, and this is one of the things that he likes because I know there's lots of people who say he only has one formation, but if you watch in any game, they switch in and out of stuff all the time. Um, so I think having the flexibility within the formation, Sharp gives you that. Again, there's no downside to this. Tell me what the downside is. What, the LA Galaxy spent money they weren't going to spend anyway? I mean, this that's really where, where it was like, oh, they spent money that they weren't that they basically had already dedicated to Chicharito. They're spending more money to go out there and just get a guy who they're like... He might be able to help us. Uh, and if that happens, then then that's fine. I, I would really love to see the announcement come in that he's a designated player just so I can watch everybody's like freak out and, <laughs> and like lose it. The, the thing I would like to ask him right off the bat is he's coming to a team. I'm sure he's looked at the standings. He's looked at the records. He knows what's going on. He's looking at a team at the bottom of the table, you know, with 12 games to go in the championship would be like, Hey, we're just trying to avoid relegation at this point. I, I I've been acquired to help us avoid relegation. No. I mean, he, he needs to get his mind around the fact that he's playing to, to win a championship. If they can get hot, they're, they're in the playoffs as the number nine team. And then everyone starts equal. And then he has a chance to win a championship. I, I wonder what it's like for a guy who's played his whole life in England to, to come here with the possibility of taking a bottom of the table team and winning a championship. Well, it's funny because you, you, I think you discount the the sort of the championship side of that a little bit, right? Which is he's been in relegation battles. He's been in those positions. I think that only helps him. That's that's what you want. Hey, our backs are up against the wall. We need to go on a run here to stay up. But not only that, we actually give you a chance, as you just pointed out. We give you a chance at a, at a, at a, at a championship still, even though you've played just horrible, horrible soccer for, for a lot of the season. Um, you know, the chat room's sort of po- pointing out, and they're barely hanging on here as we uh, continue to flicker in and out with internet service but the chat room pointed out you know this is a team that very well if Vanny doesn't get it in order if he doesn't do anything down these last 12 games Kevin uh, could be one of the worst LA Galaxy teams in franchise history could win the wooden spoon especially if you look at Miami and what Miami is going to do whenever they come back into the uh, into the regular season as well right so there's a lot of things at stake here um, I've been pretty adamant that Greg Vanny stays all the way through the season. You know, if they have a bad 12 games, Kevin, then 
than, you know, what happens at the end of the season. It's really what happens at the end of the season. If they go, <laughs> excuse me, if they go with a new GM, if they go with a new like president, if they do that thing, does Vanny stay under underneath that? So there's a lot of stuff at stake in these last 12 games. Um, but I, I just don't see the LA Galaxy moving off of where they're at right now, which is Vanny stays through the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, you got to give him a chance with all these new players. You, you, you've remade the roster, essentially, and you got to give him three, four, five, six games to see if he can make that work. And at that point, if you still decide he can't make it work, you're not going to hire somebody for the last six games. Uh, yeah, I think Greg Vanny definitely stays beyond this. I believe this is the last year of his contract. Correct. I don't know that for sure, but I think it's that's three, true. three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's three years. So so the, there are some decisions they have to make in the offseason. And I, I think they kind of weigh in heavily of – in, in, in on the side of giving Vanny another chance to say, look, you know, he had to play under the sanctions. He couldn't get what he wanted. He had some major injuries to, to players that are key that he didn't, you know, we, we couldn't have foreseen those injuries. Um, I, I think Greg Vanny's future is sort of the, the, the last thing that I'm worried about right now. There's a lot of player decisions that have to be made first. Yeah, certainly. And again, I don't want to talk up Billy Sharp like he is the best thing ever in the history. He's not. That's not what the LA Galaxy... The Galaxy aren't getting a guy that they expect to score 20 goals in the last 12 games. That'd be great if he did, by the way. Um, I don't even know if they're expecting him to come in and start. I would imagine that's still Jovalich's spot up to a certain point, and I think that Sharp will come off the bench to possibly help. Um, but that's sort of... That's that's the position. I you know We'll see when they officially announce this deal... Um, but you know, all signs basically 95 point, you know, 90, 99% everything moves forward. Although as we've seen, things can turn on a dime. So until it's signed, signed, it's never really done. And so we'll, we'll sort of stick by that in, in terms of how that all goes. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the LA galaxy make the announce pretty, pretty quickly. The other part of that is Kevin, I was pretty, con- I was, I was pretty, or at least I was assured that the galaxy were pretty much done. And and even Greg Vanian talking sort of hinted at, listen, we're probably not going to add any more pieces unless somebody is the right fit for what we're trying to do. This is one of those things. It may have popped up. Maybe they thought that they didn't have a deal before. Maybe the, the with the, uh, the way that the transfer windows are going over in England and stuff like that. Maybe Billy Sharp thought he had one more chance to play at some other teams. And those fell through and the LA Galaxy were like, hey, well, we our offer still stands. Come play with us for the last 12 games. And that's that's I would imagine that if you really found out how that deal worked, that that might be some, you know, a way this this played out is that it was it was one of those. You sit there and say, OK, you know, we hey, Billy, we'd love for you to come. I'm uh, I'm not coming to MLS. I got you know, I got some I got some time here in the championship. I got some stuff. So. No worries, I got this. You know the whole deal, and then uh, then pretty soon those phone calls didn't get returned in England, and now now Billy Sharp's like, "Hey, LA Galaxy, remember whenever you wanted me? Do you still want me? You know that type of thing." And they were able to get. Well, him. you know, and you kind of have to look at it through his eyes. I mean, I don't think it's a reflection on the Galaxy per se. He's a 37 year old guy who's played his whole life in England. Does he really want to uproot? Presumably, he has a family. Does he really want to uproot his family? Is he going to leave him there? Does he want to live away from them for several months? It's a one plus one. So he has sort of said, "Yeah, I can see myself there for two seasons if you want me." Uh, you know, does he want to do that at the end of his career? At the same token, you know, the Galaxy offered him a chance. Hey, see part of the world that you haven't lived in before, you know, end your career with a little bit of adventure, which I think I, I, I've talked to players that that appeals to them. But what's really interesting about all this, when you talk about, uh, you know, Fagundes and, and Yoshida and then Billy Sharp, the Galaxy and, and the Galaxy fans are now getting to kind of see how the rest of the league has lived for a long time. They're trying to piece a, a team together you know, with with uh, uh, duct tape and bailing wire, um, 
in the past, the Galaxy MO has always been, oh, we need a striker. Robbie Keane's available. We'll go get him. We're going to go get Zlatan. We're going to get uh, Gio Dos Santos. We're going to get Steven Gerrard. We're going to get Ashley Cole. That's how the Galaxy have traditionally built themselves, that sort of the inner Barcelona model down in Miami. Um, that's not the Galaxy right now. It may return, uh, but you, and you still hear the Galaxy being rumored with Neymar. That, By the way, that Neymar thing was never really true. No. Um, but you hear them with talking to, to Neymar and they're talking to Mbappe. That's not true either. Those things aren't really happening anymore. It, can the Galaxy get, get back to that? Certainly. They have, you know, they have the MO. They have the reputation. They certainly have the money. That's not where they are right now for a number of different reasons, the sanctions, other things. This is where the Galaxy is. It, it's a change in mindset for Greg Vanny, who was called in and brought in to restore that old uh, that old Galaxy swagger hasn't been able to do that necessarily, but it, this is a new Galaxy model, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I know Ricky Pooj came in. He wasn't exactly a Chicharito big name. People knew him, and, and certainly he's immensely talented, but the days of the Galaxy just going and getting the most, uh, you know, the biggest name, richest player available in the market, those days are kind of gone, and it's going to be interesting to see how they're trying to make these pieces fit together because it's a brand new way of doing business for this franchise. Yeah, I mean, one, I think it's it's more intelligent just in terms of the patience that they're showing. These aren't panic buys. Again, people are going to try to paint this Billy Sharp thing as just another retirement player and just a washer player. There's there's literally no downside to it. It's okay. We even talked about this, and and I know people love this this thing, but uh, Will Kuntz wanted to get uh, Chiellini uh, for LAFC, right? That was an older player, a veteran player, a guy that they wanted to go out and get, and they got him. Look at Maya Yoshida. Look at Martin Caceres. Yes, I think Will wants younger uh, players in their prime for longer term projects and how that works. And I think a lot of MLS is sort of focusing on that. And I think the LA Galaxy even are focusing on that now. But you can't just have all young players. You can't just have all old players. You need a mix of those things. And so uh, for me, Billy Sharp is a perfect example of, hey, this isn't going to be long term. Tie us down. Go get him. And if he can help us for 12 games, he scores a couple goals. Great. Um, you know, if you provide some leadership in there and that helps even more great, that's, that seems it's a good rental. The the other thing is that AEG continues to spend money because all this money is on top of money. They've already spent right. Chicharito may be out for the season. They have to pay him all his money, whether he's out for the season or not. So they are paying out his seven plus million dollars and they're going to go out and get somebody like Billy Sharp to come in and sort of quote unquote, replace him, not a straight replacement. Again, I just Please, I hope the LA Galaxy make my day with a Christmas and just name Billy Sharp a designated <laughs> player. I will, I will love it so much. It's crazy. So yeah, that's that's what I think, Kevin. I I just think I think that there's there's flexibility in all this. I think that there's things. As much as you want to give Greg Vanny crap, and I think he's deservedly gets some for the stuff that has happened on the field. Um, I think you also have to look at the stuff that's happened off the field. And you and I who have been privy to back, you know, behind the scenes uh, conversations, uh, venting sessions, people upset about the way things have gone over the years. You and I have talked to so many people over this time about this stuff that seems to be being fixed. That seems to be having a plan. And how many, how many guys said we had no, that they never had any plan at the LA galaxy. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, the, the, I, I don't think the front office is actually harmonious at this point. I think there are some some uh, um, uh, people so – there's some dead weight in there that needs to be moved out, and we may see if that happens. But it's moving in the right direction. I think the people that are 
Uh, I, I think Will Kuntz now has a lot more influence than maybe we thought he was going to have at the beginning because there were some people that were going to push back against him. And, and I think that's all worked out. The, the one issue I have with all these guys is they did bring in a lot of guys. Again, we talked about how Fagundes is maybe not – it's going to take some manipulation in that midfield to make that work. We don't know about Yoshida. Where he, where is he going to fit in? What style of play is he going to be? Is he going to mesh with Jalen Neal, who is the center back going forward? Is 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 it going to be a AJ De La Garza and Omar Gonzalez thing, or are we going to have to try to make this, you know, a, a square, a, a, you know, put a, a square piece into a round hole? We don't know any of that yet. We just know the the, the players they've got, and now it's up to Greg Vanny to make that work. And when you're bringing in multiple pieces. Like, you know, all at one time. Remember last year it was it was uh, Bergman came in first and then Pooj and then Casares. They all sort of came in at a little bit of a different time. Now everything's going to ha- sort of happening at once. And it's happening uh, with 12 games to go coming out of this long break. It's different. It's different. And it, it, this is where Greg Vanny is going to have to work that magic. Yeah, we'll see how uh, how that pans out there for all of that. But no, just I, I don't know, just interesting sort of times here with the LA Galaxy and what they're trying to do. Um, you know, it's it's crazy to think. My mind is so convinced that this is a good team just in how I watch them play and the whole deal. And like I almost dismiss the results, which is crazy because you can't. This is this is a results based game, right? But I almost dis- dismiss the results. Again, and, and we said it earlier, there's a very good chance the LA Galaxy could walk away with a wooden spoon here if they fall flat in these last 12 games. They're not in a position to really be like, you know, oh, safe. If there was relegation, the LA Galaxy would be far from safe. But there's there almost in me seems to be so much confidence that the LA Galaxy can and are better than the wooden spoon team. Not only that, but that they're a playoff team. Not only that, but they're probably a top four team in the Western Conference, which is crazy because they haven't shown that. But there's so much confidence in what I see and what I've seen from the players, it's it's hard. I I think Charles Charles Bohm was it Charles Bohm? I think Charles Bohm said it. He's like, this is the best worst team, right? The best worst team, and I I can't get away from that. I I might get T-shirts well, made up that say the best worst team. I I think you're overstating it a little bit because I I would have agreed with you uh, maybe two months ago before the rash of injuries, but you know when you look at a team, team you know good teams are always built up the spine. Whether you're talking about a baseball team, you know, catcher, middle infield, center field, that's where your best players are. In soccer, it's you just go straight at the spine of the team, striker, central midfielder, and center back. And the Galaxy have lost one each, you know, World Cup-type players in those positions. Martin Castro has played four World Cups for Uruguay. He's out now. Chicharito played three World Cups for Mexico, all-time leading scorer in Mexico. Yes, he wasn't scoring at that pace this year, but he was still Chicharito. He still attracted a lot of attention from other teams. He still had that swagger. And then Bergman was arguably, along with Ricky Pooj, the guy that really changed everything last year. Right. They've lost those three guys. I, I think we forget that. Yes, the Galaxy still are a good team. But, it, I mean, they've, the three all-stars, how are you going to replace those guys? No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a problem. It, it, and, it, and it continues to be a problem. I mean, that's one of the biggest things is that, you know, I, I, yes, the LA Galaxy have been bad or have been unlucky this year. I mean, it, if you haven't watched this season – and watch VAR calls that don't go their way, things that get overturned. Listen, I'm not saying they were wrong in some, but it just it feels like eventually you're going to have one break your way, right? Eventually the bad luck stops, um, and, and I'm not sure that Craig Vanny has noticed that the bad luck has stopped. Not whenever you lose Cosaris and and Sophie pointed out the same thing right up the spine. You're absolutely correct. Um, I think I think Cerio is going to be you know baptism by fire in terms of what he's expected to do. Uh, for the LA Galaxy, and he's going to have a guy in front of him who doesn't play a lot of defense. In fact, he's going to have two guys who play in front of him who don't pl- have a lot of defense, and Ricky Pooj and Douglas Costa. 
Um, <laughs> again, I, I think cost is absolutely coming back in the middle. We saw that in the last game that they played. Um, I think they're coming back in the middle, and I think that you're going to have the wingers with Fagundas and Boyd outside. I like that, right? Then you have Jovalich or the choice between Jovalich or Barrios or or maybe even Billy Sharp. Depends on when he shows up, right? There's a lot of options now. Raheem Edwards is sort of taking over the left back role over Aude, but you could play three in the back if you wanted to, Kevin. There are options across this LA Galaxy roster, and I feel like there are more options now than what they had whenever all of a sudden they didn't have any more center backs, whenever like you know they had nobody really to replace Brugman whenever he went down. You had Mark Delgado, who was injured, right? That's somebody who's going to come back, and it looks like that he's probably ready for the, for the Salt Lake City game. Um, so, it, yes, the, the three inj- injuries were big. But I also think that, the again, the depth that they have acquired has helped them sort of fill those spots, at least satisfactorily. I don't think, obviously, you can't like for like for Brugman, um, like for like for Chicharito. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Well, you know, the thing is, is I, I will agree with you that this roster is a it, it is a very good team. It's not I don't know that it's a, a top of the table team, but it's not where it's not battling for the bottom with with Colorado. Not when you have a Douglas Costa and a Ricky Pooge who are still healthy and still playing. When you have Caligari, I think, who's a, who's an amazing talent. You know, Jalen Neal. When you have those guys, you should be a little bit better than this. But I will agree with you on, on the stakes are really high going forward, not just for Greg Vanny's job. Some of the players, you know, Jonathan Bond, I think is – I guess he's he has a contract extension, but some of these guys are playing for their for their futures with this team. I do think there's a lot at stake because um, th- this team this is arguably the worst season in, in Galaxy history, or could go down that way. When you think about the fan boycott, the Chris Klein controversy, Klein getting fired, the three injuries, the league's cup missing a month in the middle of the season, all those things. When you take them, when you look at each one individually that's a hurdle when you put them together collectively and say the injuries, the boycott, the fan, you know, the supporter uh, situation, it, it's all been horrible. If the galaxy were all the finish to then finish the season with the wooden spoon, I think you'd have to argue it's the worst season in, in team history. However, if they make the playoffs and rescue this, it, it's sort of a success story in, in a way. I mean, even if they just go, go out in the first round, that's not what they're aiming for. I know, but when you say they've overcome all of those things, the dissension in the stands, the front office problems, which are not totally resolved yet, the injuries, uh, overcoming the suspension and, and, and the sanctions by getting these guys in the middle of a, of a window when they shouldn't have been able to do anything, that, that would count as a success. So, yeah, there is a lot at stake, perhaps more than in, in, in most recent seasons. Yeah, if it, it feels that way. Uh, by the way, Philip gave us a $5 super chat. Uh, if the Galaxy somehow get the wooden spoon again, are you going to post it in the COG podcast again? Like, remember, I had the wooden spoon behind me for for you know the whole season where the LA Galaxy had won. Was it 2017 that they won the wooden spoon? Was that it? I can't yep. remember. Yeah, 2017. So all of 2018, I had the wooden spoon in the uh, in the office, basically hanging out there. But I I would hope I don't get it back again. I would I would rather not have it again. Um, let's just put it that way. Remember, th- remember that show when you used it to stir the spaghetti? Yeah. They, by the way, you absolutely could. The thing it's <laughs> it's quite the piece of it's who has it's, it? Who has it now? I don't remember who finished. Wasn't there a, wasn't there, a, it, there was a I thought there was a dispute last season over the team that actually won it. 
didn't get it for some reason. I, I don't know. Um, but I remember that after it went to the galaxy, it went to the San Jose earthquakes, but they couldn't give it to San Jose because they weren't part of the supporters council because they had been kicked out of it. If, if what I remember is correct, but yeah, it was, so all, you had, you had to hold it. For, no, I didn't. No, I got seasons? rid of it. I got, I did not have oh. to hold on to it anymore. So anyway, that's what we got. Um, anything else, uh, that, that is sort of interesting here. I want to go to, um, to just the 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 schedule that comes up, right? The LA Galaxy hosting Real Salt Lake again Sunday, seven thirty p.m. Uh, MLS season pass is where you can find that. Then the LA Galaxy the uh, next Saturday will host uh, Chicago. So two chances at wins coming right out of it. RSL played very well in League's Cup and is is the hottest team in Major League Soccer. Um, you know, we'll see if that 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 continues. Um, but is the hottest team in Major League Soccer really coming into this in league play? They were on fire whenever uh, everything finally shut down, and they carried that over into uh, into some good games in, in League's Cup as well. Um, so then the LA Galaxy will go and play in San Jose. Um, then comes the crazy September schedule, right? Home to Houston, home to St. Louis, away, quote-unquote, to LAFC, home to Minnesota. The one thing I'll say is the first four games of September, those guys get to sleep in their bed every single night all the way through September 20th. So yes, the games are going to be coming hot and heavy, but they get to sleep in their own beds every single night. They will be home. That That is a real luxury. And, and people are going to ask about St. Louis, you know, uh, expansion team playing very well. Why is that game in the middle there? Well, that's because that was the game that was moved to create space for the July 4th game at the Rose Bowl. Remember the rained out LAFC game. So that's why that St. Louis game is there. And with the exception of St. Louis, the Galaxy are not going to catch St. Louis, but Houston, um, Minnesota, Austin, Portland, those are all teams directly ahead of, of, of the Galaxy that they need to beat. You know, th- 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 these are six-point games. You know, three points you deny to your opponent and three points that you get. Those are teams that are, that are directly ahead of the Galaxy that they need to win those games, uh, you know, to move up. Any A loss in any of those games, I think, it's not fatal, but it, it 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 hurts doubly. Again, if you talk about the six point, the the six point switch, you know, if Houston were to beat the Galaxy, that puts them three points ahead and, and denies the Galaxy three points. So both all those games are doubly important. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and that's the, you're you're seeing a lot of those, right? You are the the in conference against Houston, in conference against St. Louis, in conference against LAFC, in conference against Minnesota, in conference against Austin, in conference against Portland. Do you, do you get where we're coming from in September? It's all conference games. They're all six pointers. You are absolutely 100% correct. In conference, away to Seattle. In conference, away to Minnesota. And then finish everything up on October 21st, where the LA Galaxy will host FC Dallas. <laughs> and that could be, that could be, that literally could be 10. And the playoff playoff game could start, the playoffs could start right there. That could be 10 versus nine with the winner going to the playoffs and the loser staying home. And that game will be at Dignity, right? Uh, yes, it will. Last it's a home game. game. Last game of the season is a home game, which means it's fan appreciation night. You know how the LA Galaxy do on fan appreciation night. They used to be good, by the way, on fan appreciation night. It's just like the last 10 years where they've been absolutely sucky. Um, so we well, will. How come the Galaxy always finish the season with a Texas team? It is. It is very it's been interesting. Houston for a while. It, I think it was. Wasn't it Austin last year? Maybe that was the first playoff game. Uh, yeah, I, can't, it I, I don't like, think it was Austin. Uh, it may have been it, Houston again, but like it's Houston or or it's Austin or it's Dallas. It, it's definitely a definitely a Texas team. However, that ends up and however that sort of goes about. Really interesting. Uh, just the whole scheduling thing is well, mind blowing. Well, yes. When San Diego comes in, does that become an automatic rival of the Galaxy? Yeah, I mean anybody. The Galaxy, the closest, 
Closest team to San Diego. I mean, rival, right? Use quotation marks to it. Just in terms of, yes, there's going to be all of the California teams will probably play, I would imagine, for a California Cup of some sort, right? We are, we're going to have points and it's going to be the best team in California. And yeah, as you should, um, what will really determine whether or not that's a real tournament or not is about how many times you play each team. Um, and they have to be equal, right? None of this more, you know, playing San Jose three times, playing LAFC three times. This, this crap has got to stop. All right. You get to play everybody two times. And if you don't get another person in conference, you don't get three times uh, at somebody in the conference. It doesn't work out. That's too too lopsided for me. So get everybody to play. You want to play the conference, everybody in conference home and away. That's fine. That needs to happen. Um, but, you, you know, with with FA Cup or nice, no, excuse me, with U.S. Open Cup, with Leagues Cup, there's so many chances for the California teams to play each other all the time that really I think we need to meter those out a little bit better. The league has been leaning heavily on the LAFC LA Galaxy rivalry every chance they get, right? So um, that's one of those things that eventually they're going to have to be weaned off of it. And the good news is that you know MLS has a new toy to play with, so uh, Miami and, and Messi is, is their favorite thing right now. So we'll see if maybe they well, calm that down a little bit. Don Garber, I mean, with the, you know, the, this uh, schedule create, you know, so many games. And so um, you know, the this, this schedule crunch, Don Garber is really trying to kill the U.S. Open Cup or at least MLS participation in it. Yeah. And, and I get his point. You don't want to, you know, in the middle of your season to have LAFC go to play Monterey FC at a, basically a high school stadium is not going to move the needle uh, on the Apple TV ratings. And I'm sure that was a big part of it. But the tournament has over 100 years and, right. and every le- league worth its salt in the world has these kind of tournaments that allow the lower division teams to play the top teams. I, 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 I hope that they rethink that it really looks like the league's cup is becoming their th- thought about it as a replacement for us open cup. And granted, I don't want to see, um, you know, Sacramento Republic come in here and beat the galaxy either, but th- there's kind of a romance to that and, and yep. the, the history to it. I hope they keep that. And the second thing is, you know, who lives in San Diego who might, we might become a San Diego Joe, Joe Totino. I mean, oh, what, that's right. what happens with Joe? Yeah. Does he become a San Diego fan? Does he? Does he? No, he's gonna. He's gonna. He doesn't have to drive up. For, like, doesn't have to drive up for games when the Galaxy play down there. Man, I wonder what would happen to. Uh, let's see, Derek Jeter. Whenever there's a team and right next to him, I bet he becomes a fan of that. Oh no, wait, he's a Yankee. That's that's what you just said out loud to people, and they heard you. Drive me. You sometimes I wonder what happens with Joe Tatino. Joe Tatino is an, an L.A. Galaxy institution. I don't think he's gonna suddenly be like, I'm out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hang out in San Diego. No, no, I, not wish, I wish he was still doing. T- I wish he was still doing TV games. He is. I think Apple TV made a big, big. Well, yeah, but he, 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 Apple TV made a big mistake when they didn't sign him. Yeah, Some but but, but, were you, but were you going to have Joe Totino doing other teams' games? That doesn't sound like that would be. That's not really how, what his appeal is, right? His appeal is that he does LA Galaxy games. So, in my mind, that's that's a tough sell. How do you how do you sell that to everybody else? I mean, listen, Joe is a, a super capable announcer and could do any any game he wanted to do, right? That's not the thing, but his appeal is that he's the, the voice of the LA Galaxy. So you can't just have him doing a random, you know, Nashville versus St. Louis game. It loses its its specialness that way. But you know, he would do a great job on that. Of on course that he game. would. Of course he would. He's he's outstanding at what he does. I'm just saying that his his he's tied to the LA Galaxy, and and I think that that's that's a difficult thing. I I don't know. He's he should be available to more people in a much wider area, as far as I'm concerned. But that's just that's just me. Um, all right, I think that about does it. I, I don't think we need to go on forever here for for a lot of this stuff. Um, Especially what, since you need to go. You need to go to the hospital. Yeah, I, I'm. 
Did, what did I do? Cough like three times this whole this whole podcast? See, I, I love it. It's just just wonderful. Uh, I'm worried about you, buddy. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> the the LA Galaxy are hosting a special uh, remembrance uh, game for Siggy Schmidt, uh, which I thought was really interesting, um, just in terms of of what they're what they're doing and and sort of how they're trying to remember um, Siggy and all this. And uh, you know, it's been some there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that's sort of been playing out. Uh, with Siggy Schmidt after he left and all those those things and so uh, the, uh, the the game against Salt Lake will be a Siggy Schmidt sort of uh, I think he's getting inducted into the Ring of Honor right and so um, they're going to have Siggy Schmidt there but the thing is that Kurt Schmidt works for Real Salt Lake and so he's coming as well so Siggy's son will be there and you and I have talked to Kurt on many occasions and Kurt's a real straight shooter and a really nice guy too so um yeah just some 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 uh interesting little tie-ins as we look forward to that game on sunday against real salt lake what do you know if siggy's family will be there will his wife be there as well i don't know i haven't heard i would imagine but i don't know that to be 100 percent true you know she is a super classy woman i don't know if you knew this but the the coach of the year honor has been named it renamed the ziggy schmidt award right and she she calls the coach who wins it each year to congratulate them that's pretty cool that's 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 yeah. a pretty interesting thing. Just nobody asked her to do that. Nobody asked. She just took that on on her own, and and you know that the award's named for her husband. She, and like I said, she's a very classy woman and well known in, in MLS circles. And so she makes a personal phone call to the coach each year and congratulates them on winning the award named for her husband. That's that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, LA Galaxy getting ready to face off against Real Salt Lake coming up on Sunday, seven thirty p.m. is your start time. I think it's seven thirty nine is your kickoff time. So we'll get you ready for that on Thursday. Thursday night show hopefully will be streamed better than Monday night show. All right, uh, Kevin. Anything else you want to talk about, or can we get on out of here? No, I it, take some cough drops. Do something. Yeah, I'll be okay. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com for all of his wonderful. Uh, reporting there, so make sure you check that out, latimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, uh, at Galaxy Podcast on threads as well. Head on over to YouTube, uh, our Corner of the Galaxy website, uh, any of those places you can find us, all right? Well, sorry that the stream was so much fun tonight. We'll see if we can fix whatever problem suddenly popped up with Spectrum's internet service once again, uh, but remember, you can always listen on the podcast as well, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those places that you're looking for at Apple Podcasts right there. All right, for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.